0: Wonderful. Good morning. Welcome back. This is the new year for at least families because this is when school starts. So if you don't have kids, and we sing, "Welcome to the new year," that's why you'll find out everything kind of starts. For many years, my wife and I in Victoria, we were on the team there at a church. Uh, we'd go to the streets, and we witnessed and and we preached the gospel, and we would. Have people live with us, drug addicts, etc. And in, in dialoguing with people on the streets, I always you sort of get a, you sort of get a formula, as it were, that is most helpful. And the formula was to let them speak, <laughs> to ask them what they thought about the bigger things, the greater things. And when they were done, I was I would ask them, "Now, am I able to speak? You have two options: Do you want truth, or do you want religion? Because the two are not often the same." But religion is nice because it's packaged. It's like McDonald's in Germany or McDonald's in Israel or McDonald's. It's packaged. It's easy. You know what you're getting. It's predictable. One can, as it were, go on autopilot, whereas truth is something one fights for. Truth is something that costs you something. Buy the truth and sell it not. Truth in the innermost parts. Truth can be offensive. In fact, I would challenge you, if you've never been offended by Jesus Christ and what he has to say, you have not listened closely enough. But only the truth sets free. Oh, sure, religion can placate kind of like a shooter, you know? You know, the guy goes to the bar, he drinks himself into a bit of a, you know, stupor, feels everything's okay. It's a bit like religion. But truth sets free. You will know the truth the Bible says, and only the truth will set you free. Then know there is an intimacy. It doesn't just happen sitting one day. There's a pushing into it. The Bible says in John chapter 8 that the devil is a father of lies. When When he speaks, he speaks from his own being. So we live in a time where it's a war of words. There is the truth and there is tons of lies. And you will be deceived if you are content with religion as men and women know it in our culture. And even today, it's our desire, Lord, that you would speak through your word. Do we not need to hear from God? Who needs another sermon? We need to hear from God for this time, this hour. You watch the news, I watch the news. You don't need a prophet to tell you what's up. A blind man can see what's up. But how does one react to it? How does one respond to it? The wisdom to take that information now applied to your life. Is the monastery calling to run, to hide? Or is he calling you into the fire? Or is he calling you to the front lines? Or is he calling what is in you out? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. My job today is to bring at some level of vision, some level of where are we going and how are we going to get there? So we come before you, Lord. All hail King Jesus. Making it a plain. There's no rock star in this church but you, Lord. What have we got that we haven't been given? We long for your expression through this church. We long for the accent of heaven where people say, where are you from? We long for the good works to flow that people would give glory to the Father in heaven. We long to be real with you, Lord, as you are real with us. We draw nigh to God as you draw nigh to us. Speak to us today, we ask, Lord. Each one here, it's not an accident. We pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Fairly familiar scripture. It's a good place to start. Proverbs 29, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom, wisdom's instruction. You like me are like, well, what does that really say? So I'm going to give you a few, a few um, uh, translations here. This is the, another translation. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. You know when you first leave the house when the kids are young and it's the first time you're leaving them alone and the elder's got to, the, the oldest has to babysit. You give clear instructions because if you don't, guess what you're coming home to. Guess what they're going to have for dinner. Guess how long they're going to be on their devices. Guess what time they're going to go to bed. So when there's no, you can see here when there's no, when the people don't accept God's input, they run wild. Where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off constraint. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Now, clearly vision is meant to be in the natural scene, but it's actually meant more supernaturally here. If you go and look through how this word is used in the Old Testament, you will see it often has to do with what God has said. God's vision for, for the people. It's, 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 and, and when people are throwing off restraints, they're ignoring it. They're avoiding it. And here's the big word. They're neglecting it. Neglect is an interesting word because it, it happens over time. And it's less obvious. If you've ever had a vehicle, you've neglected. It doesn't break down the next day. It breaks down years later. And after two years, it's not just because it was yesterday. It was after years of neglect. So when you've hit the wall spiritually, it's it's generally got to do with neglect. We neglected So great a Salvation, Hebrews chapter 2. But we see here now from the scripture that biblical vision leads to an attentiveness, a focus, an intentionality in the way God's people live. It helps you. If you've ever gone on a diet and had no vision or focus as to what you were doing and no means to execute on it, you just keep eating what you want. But you notice when you're dialed and you're like, you know where you're going and you know you've weighed yourself each morning, there's this focus that brings, it brings as to why you're not eating this, why you're eating that. When that's not there, that's why you live the way you live. It lacks vision. God's vision for his people. My desire today is to shore it up, to help us focus again, myself included. See, I think when, when, when vision fades, when it slips, when we get distracted, it does diminish our effectiveness for God. The specifics of our calling are forgotten. We've become content and accustomed to just going to church and meeting once in a while. We've got lots of immigrants in the room, people coming over, people from Iran, people from China, people from South Africa. Why are you here? That word that God spoke to you, if he did in fact speak to you, I'm not saying he did, but if God spoke something to you, Because that's a big deal, leaving countries. That vision, what is it? Because that's going to be challenged. That's going to be under attack. Do you expect it to be easy to walk in it? Are you surprised by by resistance? It will be challenged. It must always be at the forefront. What did God say? It's not that we stop believing in God. We still call ourselves Christians. We still claim allegiance to the Lord. We have just been neutral. It's just we no longer believe that God's calling is legit on our lives, and we've given up on the local church. Just me and God, we got our own thing. That's our theme, no need for the church. I desire to chip away at that a bit today. I want to show you that God's plan... For the advancement of his kingdom is primarily on this planet through human beings. For you have given up on yourself because of all your failures. Yeah, in my flesh I suck too. In me, and my flesh dwells no good thing. We've all messed up. We've all missed it. But it's still waiting. And I trust to bring some level of vision for the collective, the people around you. To value them. You go, man, I got to get to church because I need to be with God's people that you're called together, they're entwined. Now allow me to step back and prove this and I trust I won't belabor it, but I must prove it because there's some shocking scriptures in the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. And over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said them be fruitful and increase in number. Build the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. God made us humans in this room in his image. No other creature has that reflection. And not only did he make us in his image, he made us to rule and reign. And it says take dominion. He gave delegated authority to Adam and Eve. And I can tell you this is still the way that God moves on this planet. And even after this incredible scripture, and we know what happens in Genesis chapter 3, What happens? They fall. They sin. By Genesis chapter 6, it says, Every thought and intention in the heart of man was on wickedness only. And the earth was filled with violence. It's kind of interesting that. So what would you do if you were God? Adam and Eve obviously didn't work. Let's send an angel. Let's create another being. Nope. He saw a man called Noah. And he called Noah out. And Noah made an ark. God is in the business of still dealing with people. You may have given up on people. You may have even given up on yourself. But I can tell you, God has not. Genesis 12. A very powerful scripture. This is Abraham. The Lord talking to Abraham. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed for you. God not only calls this man for his purposes, he calls out of this man a nation, a people. It was not meant to some guy with some anointing going off with his whole televangelist stuff going on and his anointing oil. And make, No, no, that wasn't what it was about. It's about a man and a people. It's calling on this man. That God would move through him. And in Isaiah 49, 6, one of many scriptures. This is God's intention. Is it too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob? This is God speaking to Israel through Isaiah. And bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will make you a light for the Gentiles. And my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. God's desire in the Old Testament was to reveal his character and who he is through the nation of Israel. And how well did they do? Anyone read the Old Testament? How well did Israel do? You honor me with your lips. Your heart is far from me. Read Jeremiah, the the, the prophet of tears. In Acts chapter 6, Stephen before the Sanhedrin goes, which one of the prophets did you not murder? So is there a change of plans in God? Is he going to do something different now? We see that in the New Testament, a man called Jesus Christ steps down. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, and it says, His name shall be Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Again, people, the value to God. He came to restore, to seek and save that which is lost. Who lost it? Genesis chapter 3. Adam. He came to restore. Christ came to restore. The value that God has. He didn't just give it up. But all through, all through, reaching people by people. We know the story if you read the Gospels. He made disciples who in turn reach out through the gospel. To see other people saved. In fact, he said to them, you will no longer be fishermen of like for fish. You will be fisher of men, of people. In doing that, you see he establishes a church made up of people, not buildings. He's really not impressed with all of these buildings that people are building. That is not the church. That's why we can meet in a cinema. Because the people are the church. It means ecclesia. He's not impressed. I remember the Crystal Palace. I'm probably aging myself. I remember when this? I can't remember the guy's name. And it was just, you know, the glory. And the Lord, I don't even know if the Lord noticed it. He's not impressed with what we're impressed with. Man looks at the outward. God looks at the heart. He, he dwells in his people. Go to Israel. The glory that Solomon saw is no longer in the temple. And read, read the glory when it came down. It's no longer there. It's behold a new manifestation, a new covenant where where the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you. In you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. People, people, people. And like Israel, it's God's desire that his glory be made manifest through the church. When our culture wants to know what Jesus is like, what he talks like, what he acts like, how he lives. They need only partake of the local church because that is his body. That is his expression. And Ephesians chapter 3 takes us through that where we are to be the glory of Jesus Christ. When Jesus ascended, he sent his Holy Spirit not to inhabit buildings, but to direct, assist, and inhabit people like you and I. In fact, it says that God chose the weaker things of the world to confound the wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, read it. Even Jesus himself, Isaiah 53, had no stately form of majesty that we should behold him. But oh man, when we can just get a Hollywood star that just believes in Jesus, we just... Uh. And that's great, but man, that's just not how God sees it. God moves through the prayer of his people. In fact, Jesus could not be more explicit on how we're supposed to live with the parable of the unjust judge. Remember that? And that's annoying, man. Day and night, this woman is petitioning him. That's how you're supposed to petition God. It It says in Ezekiel that God was looking for a man to stand in the gap for a people. He found none, therefore he poured out his indignation. God is looking for people. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Those people are intentional, real about what this is, about why we live here. Why are you here? The times and places with which God has placed us. God values people. God values you in your calling. He's not just giving you something to do like you do with your kids when you have to get on with the real stuff. You know when you got to clean up? You're like, okay, honey, just clean over here. You were integral. I get it. We're all replaceable. I'm not saying we're God here. But God desires to use you. Who's going to reach your community? Who's going to reach your neighbors? You. Who's going to reach the community? Us. God has a present and future plan for His people. I think we're all well aware of the future plan of glory. But just like Israel, God wants us to represent him well now, while the earth is shaken. While things are going. Be careful of how you express yourself on social media, to your friends, in all of these areas, because you represent Jesus Christ. God has ordained the church, the gathering of God's people to work together to see his kingdom advanced on the earth. There's no getting around it. I too would love to just be able to do a solo trip. Me and God, we're doing our own thing. Yeah, yeah, I got sports on Sunday. Sorry, I can't be there. I can't. It's it's unbiblical. And you will never fulfill what you're called to fulfill. I'm not saying you won't have effect. But the good works for it for you to fulfill will not happen. Unless you take seriously, God's work done God's way. Who has not been hurt by humans? You don't have to spend much time on the planet. Who hasn't been let down by leadership? Who hasn't been misunderstood? I mean, it's rare that I find a good father out there. I trust there are more in here, but my, you know, like I could tell you my child, and you're like, yeah, pretty much same. Okay. Now, I just want to jump into this, what we're launching into in this, in this next couple months and, and we trust into the new year as to why we're doing what we're doing. Because I believe that God has given us a structure and, and, and as to how we work together, how we build each other up, that you are not alone, that you've been called into a body, not a solo uh, event, but a team event. And we see that God uses larger meetings and smaller meetings, more intimate. He uses all manner of things. And we see this in in Acts. And I just want to show you that this is what Acts looked like. Who does not want to see what we see in Acts? God moving to power. People getting raised from the dead. Persecution rising. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean that one. But seeing the power of God move, we look, we, we look closely at it. We're not looking at it just for a suggestion. We're saying, okay, God, what is it around these people? Now, I understand there's culture and so on. But in light of all of that, we're looking at, okay, what is God saying? This is a day of Pentecost, after the day of Pentecost. And it says, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to the number day by day, as they were being saved. I love that continuing with one mind. Now that's a miracle in itself. But we see that they, they 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 met together in larger meetings and smaller meetings. We see the temple courts, and if you read if you read it, they they were committed to the apostles' teaching. Clearly, when they gathered in large numbers, there was there was there was a need for it. There was an envisioning. There was a direction. There was teaching. There's also a corporate anointing. Have you not noticed that you can come to this meeting not feeling all that good? And for some reason, whatever everyone else is doing is lifting you up. There's a corporateness. There's an anointing in our togetherness. So I says, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves because this is common. That people are doing that. We need that corporate anointing when we come together. But there's also the smaller, the commitment to meeting together outside of this meeting. For prayer, the reality of relationships, where our our lives get worked out. You know, it's amazing. James chapter 5 says, Confess your sins one to another, and the prayer of faith will restore the sick. It's God's desire that we would bring. Our sins, the things that we struggle with, out into the open to be set free. Now, are you going to do that with someone you don't know that well? Do you think it's God's desire that you would come to this meeting and take with you back bitterness, unforgiveness? Maybe you drink too much. Maybe you eat too much. Maybe you're looking at porn. Maybe you got weirdness. He wants that unleashed, man. Now, it's very difficult to do in this meeting. That's why, to me, that small groups where there's this desire for Christ to be central in our lives, a desire for freedom, a desire to share the gospel from experience, not just theology. Jesus has set you free. You know how I know? Yes, it says it in the Word. I've been set free. That's why testimonies are a proclamation of the Word becoming flesh. It's not just a, a doctrine, which doctrine's good, but it's not just that. It's, it's seeing our lives change. It's refusing to live with the revelation of the truth, but not walking in it. It's like when I said before, when I fast sometimes, when you water fast, you're reading cookbooks for some reason. It's the stupidest thing, because I can't partake in what I'm... It's the weirdest thing. Well, this is what I'm going to make after we're done. And this is, what, this is what connect groups for us are about. Why we, we say, look, we all need to get into connect groups. We all need to get into each other's lives. The most important people in your life, I hate to tell you, is your local church. It's just truth, the relationships, because your, your calling, your gifts are intertwined. And, and to the level of our commitment to Christ and to each other is the level of the gifts flowing in each other to edify one another. If I have a gift, it's not for me. It's the strangest thing, I know. Imagine giving a gift to your kid and say, that's not for you. The gift is to flow through me to you. We want to model reality, freedom, where the burdens of sin, the burdens of life, you're not meant to take it on your own. You're meant to walk in a community that loves Jesus Christ and loves you, who understands that God's plan is is us in God. You, yes, of course, but it's you and us, Abraham and a nation. We are meant to be in a local church. We are meant to pull in together. And This is what in the fall we're going to be pushing into in light of this. On Sundays, we want to push into Ephesians. I mean, it's so hard to go wrong with book. I know many people have actually recently gone through it. The wonderful thing about the, the book of Ephesians is the first three chapters are about you, getting you right with the Lord. It talks all about the good works foreordained for, for us to fulfill. But the, the, the second half is the us. The apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists are there to equip us to do the work. Work, work. There's work. There's work to be done. And that's why we're starting Connect Groups afresh here. And this, we believe, is a critical way to get real in growth. Refused McDonald's religion. Be honest. Be straight up. You know what's funny with the streets? You meet a lot of drug acts on the streets. A lot of various drug acts. And I made one assumption. I never... Asked them a question that I should have asked them. I wasted so much time. We had them live with us. We had them steal from us. We had them all manner of thing. Because it was assumption that you wouldn't want to live like this. I never asked them, do you want to be free from drugs? Never. Because I made the assumption, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't want to? It is a choice we all have to make. Do you want to be free? I've learned that when you try and you're praying for somebody, you're like, I want to step into their lives and repent for them. No. Do you want to be free? Do you want to have a life of significance? Do you want to stand as your neighbors are shaking in the time we're in? As we go into some level of recession, as the weirdness in the culture only seems to balloon, as there is violence and rumors of war all over the planet. We're looking to be a people that stand fast on the word of God. Do not cower to our culture. We love our culture, we love the people. But we're not cowering. The fear of God is the number one fear we have, not the fear of the culture and what the culture can do to us. Whenever you have God's fear of first in your life, everything else is clean. To know that each one of us, and when I look at Jess here, I know Jess will one day stand before God and give an account of his life. I know one day, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that the fire of God will fall on his life and anything of any significance that's been done through the power of the Spirit will remain and everything else will burn. So in light of that, I'm concerned on how he's living because I love him, not as a gossip. I desire to see him take the land as he desires me to take the land. As we encourage each other, as today is today, on to good works. We're going to do this. Yes, we're going to do this together. We're going to stand fast. And in light of that, the body begins to minister. not supposed to be just Jer and I. Oh yeah, let's get the kings up. Talking around. Okay, everybody, thus says the Lord. It's just flipping weird, man. It's just God. We all have different roles. No one's better than anyone else. But do you want a role? Do you want to play? Or do you want to watch? Do you want to actively push into the kingdom of God, and what God has for you? And you, yes, it starts with you personally, but you must find a place where you can get in and get your hands dirty. Let's just stand together. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All hail King Jesus. This is no sacrifice, Lord. You who gave us all, will and you, will you not freely give us all things? What have you withheld from us? Nothing. You are worthy of it all. Whatever comes our way, as long as we know you are in us and for us and with us, that's all that matters. We desire truth in the innermost parts. We throw aside any religious notions, the stuff that's been built up around you. Around you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you have mercy on each one here. Search us and try us, Lord. Free us. Take the stuff out of the rucksack that's not from you. Your burden's supposed to be light. Your yoke's supposed to be easy. We give you fear. We give you uncertainty. We give you doubt. We give you unbelief. We want to embrace again, Lord. We, we give you the areas of our hearts that have been hurt by humans, other people, other Christians, leadership. We give it to you, Lord. We want to trust again for your plans and purposes for our lives and the life of our local church. Use us, Lord, to impact this community. May men and women come from far and wide. Sing, come and drink. Lord, have your way. Have your way in our lives, we pray. Be exalted in this church, Lord. May we, may we, people see the good works done through this body and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. We submit all things to you. In Jesus' name, amen.